Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 281. Hi, my name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and I am glad you are listening. Today's blog is about uh, gatekeeping. Everybody's favorite thing, it would seem. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first, I just wanted to give a special thank you to the three people who, according to Spotify, listen to this podcast more than they listen to any other podcast. And I am impressed. And I thank you. I don't know if that means it's on Spotify or just in general, because Spotify owns the company that delivers the podcast. So it could be just on Spotify or across the platforms. It's hard to tell from 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 the, you know, what did we call that? Data. They didn't really give me the data. They just said three people listen to your podcast more than any other podcast. And that is so cool. So thank you, if that's you. I, I don't know how you, I would know that about myself. So I don't, you know. So let, let's just assume it's everybody. And thank you to everybody. That's pretty great. So, uh, so today's blog... Um, I don't know that it needs any real introduction aside from uh, the title. It is called Inclusive Gatekeeping. The application form asked my age, so I answered the question and submitted my application. But after I did, I started to worry. Should I have skipped that question? Should I have submitted it to honor roll? the group of women playwrights over 40 that works to combat ageism and sexism in American theater. Had I just set myself up for being rejected by revealing that I am 48? The form asked. I answered. I'm not yet used to being vigilant on this topic. I tried to be attentive to ageism before it was relevant to me, but I wasn't prepared for it to come for me so soon or at least before I had anything impressive under my belt. It was one of the first things I've submitted to in a long while, and the whole exercise sent me into a bit of a funk. In the year and a half that theater has been shut down, I've aged into ageism, and now all the doors that have been closed to me are extra closed. I read a book on creativity that suggested that the science says we are most creative in our first years with our art, and after that, it's just a steady downward trajectory. What is that ageist science nonsense? It's possible I was more creative in my youth. I'd say my songs were full of some naive innovations, but I am a much better writer now than I was in my 20s. And also, the American theater is not very keen on innovation, so it may be an asset if I have indeed lost creativity over the years. Anyway, this whole spiral was brought to you by the series of questions on the application that tend to happen around demographics and attempts to be more inclusive. 
I suspect this questionnaire asked my age not so they could be ageist at me, but so they could make sure to include some young playwrights. However, one does privilege the other. You want to get more young writers? You're discriminating against the old. Do you want to combat ageism and pull in the older writers? You're discriminating against the young. When we apply for things, we have no idea whether we are helping the organization discriminate against us or give us an extra boost. Somehow arts organizations think that they can solve their racist, sexist, ableist biases with tools like this. As my friend put it, Right now, across the nation, arts administrators are sitting around tables trying to figure out how to do more inclusive gatekeeping. I have not been able to stop thinking about this phrase since he said it. Because that's the thing. American arts institutions are built on gatekeeping. They are spaces designed to keep people out. The velvet rope was invented in New York City by someone in the hospitality business, but arts institutions are the ones who've really taken the idea and run with it. Sometimes with literal velvet ropes and sometimes internal ones. Having people in or out is the whole deal. The people who have salaries in the arts are not the artists, but the gatekeepers. As a culture, we clearly value keeping people out more than the actual art. But the gatekeepers have been challenged to shift the demographics of who they let get past the door of their clubs. Most of the clubs have been chock full of white guys with a handful of white women and some token people of color. But ultimately, after all these years of hanging out in those clubs, those clubs are really white guy clubs. And mostly they're clubs full of white guys who went to Yale and occasionally some other people who also went to Yale. They congregated there for so long, and they want to keep hanging out there, and they want to keep doing things the way they've always done them. They just don't want to be accused of racism or sexism. So they ask the bouncer to let in enough others to not get in trouble about it anymore. So the bouncer tries this new inclusive gatekeeping He's trying to keep the club the same way as it always was, but include enough of the right new faces to keep this club out of the news. Actually, they think they just need to approach this problem at the ground floor and make sure to send more diverse people to Yale so they can make their gatekeeping more inclusive because you get in the club immediately that way. So they rename Yale Drama School after David Geffen so he'll give a bunch of money to Yale so they can make it tuition-free in the hopes of making it more inclusive, and voila, problem solved, right? Must be. I can't wait for all these super-inclusive shows that will tell us all about what it's like to have studied at Yale. Oh, the fresh perspective we're going to get. Oh, the extraordinary inclusivity that awaits us from all the different people who might have gotten into Yale. The thing is, we're sort of in this mess because the gatekeepers get their power from choosing, from who they select, which is significantly also about their power to say no, to refuse people entry into a club. To have an actual equitable club, there would be no bouncer 
and our gatekeepers would have no power. We might get to stop guessing whether our demographics will hinder us or help us and just say, hope for a good lottery number? Honestly, could we do worse? I mean, I don't want to be cranky about it, but I haven't seen a really innovative piece of work in maybe a decade. Choosing the same sort of people all the time, whether it's their race or gender or grad program, does not innovative art make. Maybe we could give up trying to do inclusive gatekeeping and try to just do away with gatekeeping altogether. What if we tried that? So I made a reference to the velvet rope in this piece, and uh, there is a previous blogcast on the velvet rope that is a particular favorite of mine. If you would like more on this topic, I recommend you check out the velvet rope in either blog form or blogcast form. The blogcast features a Janet Jackson song, so, you know, extra enticement there. It's funny, when I was looking for images for this post, I was like, could I get a, a, an image of a gatekeeper? But it's like not a, it's not a, that's not a popular image. <laughs> it's like, it's so metaphorical, and we don't really have people that literally guard a gate. We have like bouncers and, you know, uh, metaphorical gatekeepers, but like an actual person standing by a gate, no, not so much. Um, so I ended up going with this image of a, of a lock uh, that has a little heart on it, and, and I have a little caption. So for those of you who, who don't read the blog, I will read you the caption, which says, again, this is an image of a, a, a lock with a heart on it. We might have locked you out, but we love you. Look at that. It's a heart on the lock we locked you out with. Isn't that so sweet and inclusive? And that is the caption. So it relates, in fact, to the song that I have chosen for this blogcast. Um, this is a song called Locked Out by Crowded House. And I, I just chose it for the title at first, but actually the more I worked on it, the more I was like, yeah, there's, there's a way where you, there, there's a, a reading of the song that, that can be it sounds like somebody's stalking someone they love, and it's probably that. But it also can be a little bit about um, what it's like to be locked out of uh, something you love, like a you know an art or institution or whatever. So uh, if you if you would like to listen with that lens, that is how I sang it. Um. So, yeah, so I'm going to play that for you in just a minute. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please tell someone about it. Tell them in real life. Tell them in an email, a text, social media. I don't know what actually works. But, but, uh, but yeah. And then if you would like to support it with dollars or whatever currency you have, uh, patreon.com slash Davis. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. Uh, I got a new Patreon this week. It's very exciting. It doesn't happen very often, but it's always good to, to get a new supporter on the team. So welcome. Yay. Uh, so Locked Out by Crowded House. It's 
been a little while since I've done a Crowded House song. I thought I'd pretty much done all the ones I was going to do. Turns out, no. There's always more Crowded House. <laughs> I am a fan, I gotta say. Um, this is on ukulele, and I think that's it. Yeah. Enjoy. Locked out. But it can take forever when you've got some 